Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Good morning, good morning. Happy Paula Price Show Day. This is Apostle Ashley kicking off today's Paula Price Show where we never know where we're going to go. But we know it will be high, it will be deep, it will be wide. Put on your oxygen tanks because we don't know. You know, whether you go high up in the altitude or deep under the sea, you need oxygen to survive. And so bring your oxygen tank today. We're kicking off talking about this year's Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute, June 19th through the 22nd here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This is promising to be the most wow TPTI we have had. And honestly, each year they do keep getting better, but there's something about this one. Whatever God is doing behind the scenes, whatever is happening in the spirit realm is proving to be explosive. There is uh, almost like a groundswell that's building up. And you know how uh, in, the, in the movies back in the day, whenever they would listen to hear if the enemy was coming or to see if an army was coming, they put their ear to the ground to see if they can hear and feel the ground moving. And that's kind of where we are right now. It's like if you put your ears to God's ground, you can hear his forces are moving, his army is moving. There is a lot of movement happening in the spirit realm. And typically when we say that, it's because blessings are coming. The blessings are God. He's moving and it's for our good. But I tell you what, you better be on the right side of the sword of the Lord in this dispensation of what he's doing which is why we are addressing disrupting prophets of the pagan age confronting the darkness. In darkness, we're, we're at this little light of mine. It's about where they're putting us. They have a little match in the corner somewhere. So I'm like, Jesus is over here. But how many of you know Jesus will not be extinguished and he will not be extinct? And we're not doing that. We're not even coming close to that. So I challenge you to make your way to Tulsa for this year's Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. We already have people coming from everywhere. Apostle Nona Barker, let's talk about her. Because yeah, she, she has to believe in one now. Yes. She is bringing something like 50 people to this event all by herself. She covers a couple of churches. She mentors other people. And her apostle's mantle is summoning those prophets and apostles and apostolic Christians to Tulsa. This is the clarion call. This is that moment where you say, God, I need a sign. I need you to tell me where I should be. I need to know what you are doing and where I need to and how I need to invest my money. And is it going to be good? And will it be a waste of time? This is where you need to be. Tulsa, Oklahoma. And with so many voices shouting right now, everybody has a social media platform. Everybody can say something. To me, it's almost harder to hear where the authentic voice of the Lord is. And we're telling you, he is here. And this is where you need to come. If you are not just tired of the problem, but actually want to be a part of the solution, you need to come to the solutionist event. Well, we're going to deal with your soul because our price of teach without dealing with that soul. It's just a hot mess. And we have got to be right in the soul so we can be right in fixing this in the kingdom. We cannot be the 
just as corrupt or corrupted as the people in power. We may not want to admit it. There's a lot of cleaning out that has to happen in order for the replacement to do something different and better than what we've already seen. TPCI, bring your group. Group of five, 10, 50, 100. Bring them. We are making room. We've already enlarged the meeting room space because we outgrew the one we had. And we can out open it up one more time if we need to. So come on. Bring, bring the numbers. Bring your people. This is not the era. Some of you have been following Dr. Price's ministry for 20 years or more. And you can say, oh, but I don't know what my God is right. She gave me a word. I've been following this. I've had this book. I've had whatever. Well, come on. What are you waiting for? The Lord's not going to run up into your living room with Mike and Gabe. Mm-hmm. and do some miraculous thing. We Mighty people always had to come to the Lord. He may come the first time to tap them, but after that, they were chasing us. He said, you, let's go. Follow me, not me follow you. And so we have to follow the Lord and where he's moving and who he is moving with. You, I don't even think you need to be remotely prophetic to see how the Lord is using Dr. Paul Price in this hour. It is my job to say that. This is, again, not about ego, not about anything. This is just Fact. We say it about people. The man of God is the woman of God. It's true. God is with us. Too. He's running with this. Hey, this is. And if we don't say it, you can't say you won't say it either. So say it because it's true. <laughs> and do something about it. So we are confronting the darkness, disrupting prophets of the pagan age. Yes, there are pagan prophets sitting in high places. And those high places, when we read it in scripture, I don't know what we think. Some mountaintop somewhere. In a sheet. These prophets just talking prophetic. No, these are prophets, a pagan prophets in politics, pushing through these laws, pushing through their people, pushing through actors and directors and music and all this false doctrine that's running around. So we have a work to do. There's plenty to do, and you need to be here. This week's audio archive of the week is the spirit of stubbornness. Help me, Lord. Help me. Somebody help me. Dr. Price has been talking about the soul for years and years and years. And this is another one. This is a Friday night, Let's Just Talk, where she was breaking off the soul. She said a few key things. What you will find out in this message, which is why you need to get it, is that stubbornness might be the root causes of your unforgiveness, of your unanswered prayers, and of your stuck places in life. Not other people. She says, look, when God gets with you, he wrecks your soul. And he has to do it because we're always blaming other people in order to protect ourselves. She talks about, you know, but you don't understand what kind of neighborhood I was raised in. You don't understand what kind of parents I had. You don't know what kind of money I didn't have. You don't know all these things that people did to me in middle school. How many of us are, are have all these issues now because of the seventh grade? So we're like 57. <laughs>
reason that you can't do whatever. So he gets in your soul to deal with that. You say God cannot allow you into your inheritance programmed by another God. If you're programmed by another God, he won't let you in. I mean, I just was talking to I'm always talking to myself when I say, oh, my God, today, programmed by another God. He won't let you in because of who you've already let in. You know, when you work in a company, if it's a bank or any kind of uh, sphere in a company that's tied to high levels of finances, they do background checks not just to see what you've done but to see who you know because they won't let you in by association because you're associated with the wrong group of people. It's an automatic security risk that could jump up at any time. Friends sway you. They persuade you. They manipulate you. They do all of these things. They might hijack your life in order to get to whatever thing that you're protecting or responsible for protecting. God is the same way. So when he sees that you have other gods in your life, that you've allowed them to influence you, then he's like, oh, I'm sorry, your clearance has not been approved. And so you're not getting keys, you're not getting access, you're not getting stuff. Get back and try again. She also said that wallowing means it's everybody's fault but yours. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself a wallower. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say because we think that's sitting in a corner crying all day. And because you don't cry all day. You might tell yourself, I don't really wallow. I mean, I'm active. I keep moving. I keep doing whatever. When you're talking about life, whose fault is it? This is just the easy assessment. Well, easy. It's hard. The truth is challenging. But when you think about, when you say why you didn't get a promotion on the job, who do you blame? When you say why your deal didn't go through, whose fault is it? When you say why a loan wasn't approved, whose fault was it? That bank, they just didn't like both. But what was in your credit, though? What things didn't you pay? At the end of the teaching, Dr. Price challenges, and I just had to stop it at that, us to research. Well, she says research stubbornness, obstinance, and I forgot what it means to forget. But you have to buy it to get that definition, which will cause you to either repent or just be very angry. I, I choose repentance. Mm. And she also said that unanswered prayer might be a sign of stubbornness on your part. Who says that? A true apostle. Because true apostles never make it God's fault. Somewhere in there is flesh, and flesh is a mess. And that is true, no matter how we want to accept it. Uh, let's see here. Stubbornness to God is courting judgment. You need to get the audio to find out why stubbornness in God's book is courting judgment. When you go and do a scripture study on stubborn, and you find the people who are stubborn in the word, what happened to them? It weren't pretty. Can we say it weren't pretty? It weren't pretty. And then she said, you're living today what you bred 10 years ago. <clears throat> wow. <laughs> Look, everybody in the room is like, yeah, you know what? I did kind of start setting that emotion 10 years ago. Wow, that was a quick decade. What was I doing when I was 30? Hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's it. All right. So you want to know why you are or are not where you want to be? Sometimes I have to counsel people because they turn certain ages and they want to have a meltdown. I just thought my life was going to be here at this time and I want to be there. Well, was it there last week? When you were 29 instead of 30? Then why did you 
think when you woke up on your 30th birthday that life would be different? Was it headed this direction five years ago? Well, I mean, no. Was it a year ago? Well, no. Okay, so it's all right not to have a nervous breakdown because society said you should. All right. Have your own mind. Have your own mind. But I was reflecting on what did I set in motion 10 years ago? God. Help us. And finally today, I want to talk to you about taking an assessment. We have the Standardized Ministry Assessment Series, and where you can begin with us online to discover your ministry identity and your ministry IQ. I don't need intelligence to be a minister. I need the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's not the mind of Christ. What's that for? It's just the anointing. And so we want you to take the ministry assessment questionnaire, the MAQ. There are several different levels of results that you can get. If you're just curious about your basic identity, don't want anything deep, get that basic assessment. Like, you take the whole thing. Then you get a 15-minute post-assessment advisement with an advisor, all the way up to the full assess, 60-minute conversation, uh, direction and recommendation for where your training should be. That's if you are ready to do something with this information. Some people don't want to do anything. They're just casually curious. So we have levels of results for the casually curious all the way to the ready to engage in training. God has been on me, or I want to fulfill purpose and destiny right now. What do I do? You want to get that full assess. You'll talk to myself or Chief Prophet Charles Price, Prophet Adia, Apostle Sally. It depends on where you fall in the results, and we will walk through those results with you personally, one-on-one, undivided attention, and then tell you what you should do next based on your dreams, your visions, instructions, directions, even just basic curiosity. Some people don't even know, well, I don't know, how to do a training for prophets and apostles. I mean, is that, is that really something you can do right now? Absolutely. And I would love to talk to you about that person. Prophet Tala loves it. We all love it. Prophet Adia, get on the phone. We have a great time. I mean, we, we stick to the issue at hand, which is going to the results. They cannot and will not be parlayed into prophetic advisement. They will not turn into prayer and intercession. They will not do any of those things. I know these advisors can trigger <laughs> prophetic fits and moments. And, and, and you just want to talk about, uh, you know what, and I'll tell you, that's actually not what this call is about. This call is about going through your results. And we will do that and then schedule a separate call in time to deal with your mantle directly and personally. So you want to do that, you want to go to www.drpaulaaprice.com and click on Take an Assessment. It will take you to our site. You can find out about the assessments. You can find out about advisements, our advisement program. We offer full service, soul to mantle treatment. That's what we offer. The Paula Price Success Center has, was created and built <clears throat> over the years to what it is now, to see to it that you are successful in your calling because you're successful in your soul. We don't separate the two. We have brought them together because you bring all of you to your job. Your soul doesn't stay at home. When you go to work, your soul doesn't stay at home. When you get in the pulpit, and if it does, then there are disorders and things for that where we have people who treat you. But for the most part, you come together, and that's what we deal with, the whole man, the whole person, that God has created you to be. So don't waste time. Don't wait for another season. Don't wait for the feeling to hit you. Just jump out there and do it today. Go say, I'm going to do this. If you do that, I'm just interested, and then later on you decide, I want the rest of my results. You can pay for the upgrade. 
and you can get those too because we are here to take you all the way through to be successful. However far you want to go in your calling, we are here to facilitate that. Our call price has been around for a very long time. And I'm ready to hear what she has to say, what God has to say through her, what God has to say. She's ready. Look, she's <laughs> My God, she is ready. We are ready. Hold on to yourself. It is my pleasure to always and once again introduce to the Paula Price Show, Dr. Paula Price. Yay! I'm glad to be here. Oh, good. Trying to get the buttons right. She's glad to be here. We're glad no, she's right. there. People are looking, you know, waiting for me to do whatever I'm going to do. And I am excited about, hold on, i got to get everybody in here. Turn back on here. Okay, because I was like, what is going on? Let's see. Ooh. Mm, do I have? Yes. I'm trying to, you know. You know, one day I'm going to get technology that's going to just, just obey, just on GP. Oh, you know, just on GP. Like I just the thing. Okay. I'm trying to get it right. And, and I want to open this up with our typical slide. I'm ready. You're going to love what I'm saying today. And I'll tell you, we were talking about this on the way in. You know, I love having prophets serve me as an apostle. The best thing you can have is prophets serving you. Now, I love my, my apostles, my young apostles, but you know what? That prophet is going to take it into that realm of how Moses kicked this thing off. So I was, I was talking with one of my prophets in training, and I'll tell you right now, not every prophet can serve an apostle. I'm going to tell you right now because some prophets are too uncontrolled, and apostles can't take y'all being crazy. So y'all get to all enthusiastic. Y'all gonna cut across us, cut us off. I'm trying. I have to say to my prophets all the time, could I get a thought out? Could I get my thought out? You know, I want to finish my thought. Because I don't care that you had a wonderful similar experience. Can you wait and see if it's actually similar? Because it just may not be. So I will tell those of you who serve apostles, just this is a freebie. Shut up. Yeah. Let us finish. If you're serving a real apostle, they're not going to talk fast, and they're not going to overtalk you. They will t- they'll shut you down, but they're not going to overtalk you. So shut up. You might learn something. You might. If you have a need as a prophet to constantly insert yourself and assert yourself in every communication, you probably need to go to your prayer closet because there are things that we need to exchange. Now, I am a person who absolutely adores apostle-prophet collaboration. I adore it. My whole curriculum is based on us being able to work together and to get things done together. There is a place because, you know, we were talking in our meeting last week, last Friday. We have our Friday meetings, and I said, well, you know, the prophet is, one, is the specialist. But that apostle is the expert, expert in Jesus Christ. What did the prophets have that the apostles got more of? Well, if you go to Numbers 12, 6, that answer is very clear. 
He said, if there's a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to them in a vision. Speak to them in dreams. That is the, that's the, listen, that is not just a, ooh, that's deep, you know. No, that is God saying, you are now on my team. You are part of my force, my workforce, and this is how I will deal with you. You are going to be my specialist in things pertaining to my kingdom, my institutions, and my government. That is why when people say, well, I mean, what else is there to learn if you're a prophet? If you were a real prophet, that wouldn't be a question. The fact that you need to ask the question says you're not a prophet. Because every genuine prophet I have ever talked to, the first thing they say is, I've got to be trained, I've got to know, because real prophets hate to get it wrong. For a prophet to get it wrong is to bind the Lord to your error and inseminate his people with your error. So some of you are like, well, how do I know I'm a prophet? The fact that you don't want to sit in a class, you don't want to train, and you're okay shooting from the hip and running off the mouth, you're not a prophet, you're a gift. You know, people hate it when I say that because, you know, I'm the one, don't sit down with me and tell, tell me who you are because I'm telling you, I've been at this thing for 32 years. I have not... Uh, you know, I said to God, someone this week, God and I never had a breach. Never. Now, whether uh, what tomorrow will bring, he's keeping me. But for 32 years, we have never had a breach, ever. I never woke up and said, I want to see what the other gods are doing. I didn't care about them. Are you kidding? If they were doing anything interesting, that they wouldn't be, have the mess that we cleaning up. So I had a, I mean, God gave me a very logical and very rational mind for him. You know, we say we have the mind of Christ and we're irrational. We're illogical. We're in logical and just the universal laws of the man's kingdom. So we've never had a breach. I have, I, I was sharing, I, one day, one day in 32 years, one day God didn't talk to me. One. I've shared this before, but I think that, you know, different audiences. One day. And I, I had just gotten born again. Well, actually, I'd been born again for about a year. Didn't know that's what it was. And got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I, you know, God captured me, wrenched me from Satan in a very violent way. I mean, it was so violent, I was sick for a while. And so the first thing he did was he, he stood in front of me and he said, all authority has been given to me. He said, you see this? He said, I own this and I control it. And so, I, you know, I was new to God, so as far as I was concerned, I was like, you know, Daddy talking to the baby. All right, well, it's you. And so he woke me up again at 4.30 in the morning because I just got the baptism of the ghost, and he woke me up in tongues. And I mean, these were, like, unbelievable, even for one who didn't know what they were because I was raised a good Baptist girl. And so uh, he woke me up in tongues, and he gave me tongues and interpretation at the same time. He said to me, listen, all authority is given unto me. He said, and they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. And so I was like, really? And I didn't know what that was. I didn't know Bible because, you know, you, I wasn't doing Bible. I was doing religion. And so uh, so he, he said that to me, and he began, and I passed out. I go to sleep again, and he begins to download all of these amazing things. I don't know this. Is, uh, I mean, I don't know this is abnormal. I'm thinking, wow, I must finally be in the truth. This is great. And so God chatted with me. He shared what he shared. I had visions and visitors, you know, all of that right out the front gate. Now, I don't know that this is abnormal. Remember, I don't know that. All I know is I went to church to get a little more of Jesus. This is what I came back with. And so we went on like that for a few weeks. I remember driving to work one day in my car, 
in the morning, um, and I was and, and God was in the car with me. It's like I felt him sitting next to me, you know, the Lord Jesus. And he said to me, uh, and I said, hey, you know what I think is weird about this, God? Because, again, I don't know. This is not normal. I said, we're compatible. I said, I have never felt compatible with anyone. And I felt so compatible with him. And I thought, why do I know this? Because now my spirit is taking over. And my soul is confused. It's like, what? I'm not used to listening to this. So my soul is going crazy. But my spirit, because it's new and because it's awakened, God just, and that Holy Ghost in there, I mean, God grew me up in lightning speed. So we went through that, and I'm so accustomed. So the morning, I wake up. Good morning, Jesus. This is great. What am I going to read? What am I going to learn? Go sleep at night. Just love you, Jesus. Thank you. Read my Bible. Got to get a little word. Me going off. All of a sudden, I wake up one morning, and it's dead as a doornail. Oh, my God. It is hollow. It's dead in my room. And I'm like, hold on. And so I'm thinking, what did I do? I mean, we were doing so well. And, and you know, because you, if you have the real side of Jesus, you miss God if he doesn't say anything for a half day. you crazy. And if you're a real prophet, don't let him stop the dream. Oh, my goodness. Real prophets cannot stand God, you know, because it's like we go to fear every night. You know, we was like, what's the, what's the show tonight? And so we were, I mean, and I got up and I felt so lost and so forlorn, forlorn. And I was putting on my clothes and I was in my car and he's not talking. And I don't know what to do because I don't know him well enough to respond to this in any other way than panic because I'm new. So, I, I mean, he I went through my day, nothing, quiet. I went, I came home, and you know, you can have the most wonderful family and the most wonderful marriage, but when God and you are true, they can't help you when you have issues with God. And so you go through the motions of doing the family thing and doing the spouse thing and friends thing on the phone and get the kids ready for bed. I did all of that till then. So I go to sleep, I go to sleep, and I don't even know how to say goodnight because I'm thinking he left me. I'm like, he left me. Where, what do I do? I've had this, this exhilarating, extraordinary um, season of my life, the best thing that ever happened to me. And all of a sudden, without warning or explanation, it's gone. So I go, I go to sleep. And as I go to sleep, I can't even sleep. I'm tossing and turning because I, God was always my, my blanket. He just wrapped himself around me every night. So I was like, wow. So I wake up in the morning still quiet. I'm angry because I'm thinking, I don't know what I did to you. And so finally, I get ready to get into my car to go to work. And I remember saying to him, you know, because I, I, you know, I, I am a street girl, so then the street girl came back. I wasn't much else. I was a little bit of a child. And I was always going to be a fighter, and I had a smart mouth. And so I know y'all didn't know that, did you? <laughs> Was that a little piece of intelligence you didn't have, right? <laughs> How was that So I said to the Lord, I said, if this was a test to see whether or not I would miss you or I would recognize that you you weren't talking, I need you to understand we can end this test today because I'm going to miss you. I don't care what day it is. I don't care what I'm going through. And I need you to talk to me every single day, every day. Morning, noon, and night. I may not understand what you say. Talk. I may not appreciate it. I may be offended. I need you to never go on the silent treatment treatment with me again, ever. Now I don't care who doesn't care if you talk or don't talk. 
I do. I need it. Not a word. By the time I get to work, we're back again. Boom, 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 boom. And, and I knew something, and I'm sure in my sleep he told me, but this is what he told my spirit. This is a test to see whether or not you need me in your life and whether you would miss me or if you would even choose to not have me speak on anything. So God talks to me. Because people ask me, how do, how do you get that? God talks to me about everything. Sometimes I have to say, no hurt. Just tell Sometimes he's stern. He's always cutting if there is something to cut. But he's also curing when I need to be cured. God gives me his opinions on everything. That's how I could write all of this stuff because he, he realized somebody was going to give him a constant audience. And I give God a constant audience. I promise you. I don't care. We watch TV together. I look at shows. You know, I know y'all think God can't tolerate television. He, he can't escape it. So if I know he can't escape it, the wind's even on high. You know, it's his world. It's his creation. So I let God, he, I, we watch television. I said, this is dumb. This is, oh, God, that's really interesting. I watch the science channel and listen to the crazy. He laughs at half of the stuff that they said. It tickles me. I say, well, God, how right is that? He, not much. <laughs> I said, but God, not, not, not much. He said, I said, but God, they keep talking. He said, they're my kids. they got to figure it out. And I'm letting them figure it out. So we watch that. We watch medical things, read books, whatever. In movies, we have the same thing. And he'll say, you know, blah, 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 blah. And so one movie we watch, um, Apostle and Ashley is my movie partner because she likes movies. And she just loves that stuff. I use it as an escape. <laughs> my head never stops. My thoughts. Not in the middle of the night. I'm, I can try, I literally, without dreaming, I'm envisioning and, and birthing vision in my sleep. Oh, it never stops. So I thought, movie. So we went to one movie. I forget the name of one of those Avenger movies. God was hot. And he had never behaved like that. And he said, how long are you going to sit here and let them blaspheme me? Oh, honey, I was done. I will not watch that movie today. I don't care what you say. Now, something about the spirit on that one, it, it ticked him off. But you know why? Why did I know that? Because I told God, I don't care what your thoughts are. Do I like them? Do I understand them? I need your thoughts. I, I, I'm not just downloads. See, you all wait for downloads. The download has a beginning and an end, not me. I have a stream. I live in a constant stream of his thoughts. God streams his thoughts in my mind nonstop. Now, he does it because I asked him to. He does it because when he started, I didn't say, oops. I should have thought about what I prayed for. I should have been more careful about what I prayed because God has very, very pointed and very solid thoughts on what goes on. So he now, I told him, I said, listen, I like you you know, sharing your thoughts with me. I want you to fuse them. I want our thoughts to be one and the same. So I talked to him like that. So about maybe 10 years ago, we changed it because he ups, he kind of ups our relationship almost every change, every decade. I've watched him like almost every decade he ups it. And so uh, I, about 10 years ago, I was sitting there and, and God was, you know, he would, we, I would say to my church, listen, this is going to be Jesus' home base. We're going to be his home base and he's going to be comfortable at home. Are we all clear? Because people ask, why do you have all of those attire things and all of that? Because God's 
this we God's home base. Otherwise, why are we naming the congregation of the mighty with God's fans if he's not going to stand? Uh, we're not going to acknowledge that he stands and then accommodate his peculiarities for being with us. So I was like, no. So when they come in all crazy and carrying on or they start doing stuff, because my thoughts are his, I already got him down the line. I'm just waiting for it to show up. Because see, prophets have to learn to wait for some things to show up before you speak to them. And so, you know, apostles are going to wait because we are forensic. So we're going to be, we, oh, hold on, let me get all this evidence in here. So when we come. So I was sitting there, and we, were, we had already decided, you know, I said, God, I asked him, I said, God, make my, my world and everything in my place your home base. I want you to sit here and be God. Now, I don't need you to change anything. I don't want you to change the way you think. I don't want you to change what you like, what you don't like. I don't want you to change one thing about you. I want you to change me so that I can give you the environment and the climate, climate you need to be glorified and sovereign. So I was like, you know, because I just talked to him like, and when I first started, I was like, I hope he's getting it. I wasn't sure. But as he started giving me what I asked for, then I was like, oh, okay, so we're going to have this kind of relationship. Let's move on. So He's, I, we had this 10 years ago. We were having a similar relationship, and I said, now, listen, God, I want this to be your home base. I don't care what, what church doesn't want you. I don't care what person doesn't want you. You have a home base here, and we're going to do our best to see to it that you're comfortable because we host the Almighty. See, some churches don't host us. Some churches don't even want to hear us, and others don't want to hear from him. But I was, I mean, because we started out, we were 1982, that's how we started. So, um, so as I was saying that, I said, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to be yourself with us. That means I'm not asking for you to just be Daddy Jesus and Papa Bear God, and I want you to be all you are. You know, the military used to say, be all you can be. Half of y'all scared of God being all you can be in your life. Y'all terrified. Oh, no. <laughs> I want God to be all he wants to be. I want him to see what he sees, say what he wants to say, feel what he feels, reveal his thoughts, understand his ways. I want God to be God. We say that, but we don't mean it because you want God to be love. And you want God to be your figment, the figment of your imagination. You don't want God to be God because having a sovereign in your life, period, is hard. Having the sovereign of sovereigns is next to impossible. So I said, so I want you to speak your mind. That's why we have an open heaven. He says, whatever you want, God, the prophecies flow, and they don't flow stupidly. We, 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 we literally, we balance the logos with the rhema and vice versa. See, because you can have a rhema. The rhema is you interpreting and, and voicing. Logos is literal, the architect, archetypical, architectural structure of that word. So I said, God, I want you to be where you want to be. If you like red, we're going to have everything red. Everybody's going to wear red. That's how it's going to be. And so, and so now granted, you know, what he's going to do with that, it still remains to be seen. But what I do want you to know, he gets what he wants. And I train my church to say the Lord gets what he wants. Now, how do you know that? Because you came to me because you saw the Lord, the Lord in me. You heard the Lord through my voice. So if that's the case, then you need to trust that when I tell you he doesn't want that, he doesn't want it. And so we don't give it to him. There are signs that, that uh, thank God for Apostle Ashley. She's been over our praise and worship team since, well, since. I mean, for, huh? 19 years. 
And so, uh, and, and, and I trained her and taught her, this is how you know. Because if you sing songs God doesn't like, he may not leave you, but he won't respond. So people won't get healed. There won't be deliverance. There won't be healing because God is judging yourself. And that judgment has to attach to something material. So and I said to him, I said, God, I don't care what you want to do. I want you to feel at home with me. My house is full of the Holy Ghost. And people will tell you, when you come in, it's like, ooh. Mm. But it's, and we still do, we enjoy life. We watch television, we read books, we have friends, open parties, you name it, we do it. But we do it in Christ. And we do it for his glory. We have birthday parties all the time. Some of you have seen them online. We dance like crazy because he likes dancing and he likes quality music. What God can't stand is his adversary in his seat. That you, want to, you want to get on his wrong side, that's what you're going to do. So I started telling him whatever you want. So then God starts talking. And he begins to say, well, if I got a, a, a listen, you know, God, if I got an open mic, I got something to say. And so we give him the mic, and we give him an open mic, and he speaks about it. So when he now, I, now listen, three things I said, listen, you know, we say make my heart your home. Yeah, I want to, great, make my heart your home and make my home your heart. So I don't need to turn him off and turn him off. God has an on button, and I don't have an off button. So we do that. Then I said, make wherever I am your center. I want to be your headquarters. My body is the headquarters of the Holy Ghost. And I mean full headquarters, all this bureaucracy. Because y'all are talking about all that old stuff. Well, you know, that's legal. It's because you don't want to be, you want God to do for you. You don't want to be him. And you don't want him in your business. You ask God to study your business. Lord, please just don't tell me this is going so. You ask him out of your business. The problem is to need the sovereign almighty God. Asking God out is to ask all of God out and everything that comes with him. Out of your business, which is why life goes crazy. You're like, well, I mean, I was raised in church. Yes, you're the only one that forgot it. So he now, when it comes to things, he just tells me what he feels and how he feels. So then we move on. I'm, I'm, I'm getting another bump up. I'm, I'm at, you know, coming up on another 10 years. So I'm getting another bump up, bump up. Now they're coming like every five to eight years. So now he's like, okay, so I'm, I'm going to give it all to you because you let me speak. So you think that God has favorites because of his own personal affection. No, God has favorites because we get things done for him. We're not going to give his enemy a place. The Father is going to trust you and love you to the degree you trust and love Jesus Christ and treat him right. So you know y'all get out there, we begin with, you know, we can't talk Christian. I don't know what to tell you. You know, I sit here, and my biggest issue right now, is God, I cannot deny you. He said, if you deny me before men and before his angels, he said, I'm gonna, he said, if you deny me before men, I'm going to deny you before his angels. That means the angels that are assigned to see into your work will, will receive a do not assist from the Holy Ghost. DNA, do not assist. And so you'll find that you'll have to run off the commandments of men in the favor of humans. But it's God who owns all things. And so because he owns all things, then the favor that he has on you is not just a, a, an installation. It's a radiance. And you radiate the favor of God. And people who don't like you got to do whatever. 
So you have to understand to get to where people are telling because I hear people say to me all the time, and you know, Apostle Ashley, I, what would you want? No, you don't. This man, literally, if I could be 20 seconds of Newark, New Jersey, kicked my behind with his royalty, with his sovereignty. You would think that oh, coming up, I had every break. I got no break. I'm just getting breaks. Just getting breaks. He had to make sure I was going to not just obey his law, but appreciate it and crave it. Your law, you know, I've hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. And so he needed 100% soul conversion so that the purity of that new creation fused with the Holy Ghost, pushing in that soul, would have no competition and no adversity. So God knows. He'll tell you in a minute. And those of you, and I, I, listen, I'm up for the challenge. But he'll tell you in a minute, no, she's, no, she's my girl. She's going to do what I want. She's going to give me what I want, which is why that what it takes for you to be his agent, his minister, his representative. Most of you want to call God in as an advisor. But you don't want him to be an expert. Just help me out with this little thing. Help me out with that little thing. I don't feel that way. One, the one thing God wants you to know is him. The man, Christ Jesus. You need to know the Almighty as the man, Christ Jesus. The person of the Godhead who in, that incarnated for your salvation. So you have to know that. I tell people all the time, the Holy Ghost is the, is the Godhead's perversive self. Jesus is God's portable self. Because God fills heaven and earth. So I listen to him. I want God to be himself. I told him, be yourself. Well, if he, if he needed my vessel for me to be himself, so what do I got? I got all of these amazing upgrades, enhancements, downloads, uploads, and all of these things that I literally am stunned about. I, sometimes I'm stunned. My people tell y'all about I'm stunned about what comes out of my mouth. Probably by now you are. Knowledges, etc. God will do that if it's worth it to him. And I know that you've been taught that he'll do it because you demand it. God will give, uh, will give you your demands to the extent that he knows you care about him. So if you've if you got a problem with God saying, but I need you to love me with all your heart, soul, and strength, if you've got a problem with, the, with that and you keep saying, well, what about my kids, what about my husband, you're not going to get a lot from God because you've already let him know he's not top priority. Now, you may say this sounds good in song. Sounds marvelous in testimonies when you do it once a quarter. But God wants to know that I am first place. And if God is really first place, then he prioritizes and ranks everything else. I'm saying this because you've asked me. You say, well, how do you do, and how do you know, whatever, so I'm comfortable. How do I know God's word? I don't, my knowledge of God's word does not rely on the Bible. It springs from the scriptures. See, because when Satan said, yay, has God really said, he didn't get that out of the Bible. He got that out of his history. See, there was no Bible to say, yay, did God really say God, the first time that we know that God wanted to literally circulate 
populate the world with his thoughts is Moses. Up until that point, we have Enoch's writings and people's scribal writings, and God went, the reason he points these people out is he's letting you know they got this directly from my mouth. I mean, some of you all, you are out there, you're talking about, um, I'm a God of truth, and you are, you're a fiction writer in Christ. Come on, how can a Christ, come on, you, you, you can do your art and your craft, but you cannot re- represent Jesus Christ with fiction. I don't care how many, how humanist you write it, because God said no lie is of the truth. No lie. God is truth. God cannot lie, because to lie is to literally corrupt himself. And God's not about to corrupt God. He's not going to commit God to stop. He did that once with Jesus. I'm not doing that again. So why am I saying this? So God's world, let's talk for a minute about God's world. And before I get into it, I do want to talk to you about um, some of the things we do. I want to encourage you again, go back, and those of you who haven't done so, and go and get the Soul of Success Heart Clinic. It's about your soul. See, you, we have given you so many books and classes and teachings and T-shirts, etc., on the spirit, particularly the nine gifts of the spirit, which are not gifts. That error alone took us off because there's nothing in the scripture that calls what we articulate as the nine gifts of the spirit a gift. They're not. Go there. Don't take my word for it. Go there. First Corinthians 12. And read from the 7th verse onward, particularly the 7th to 11th. When you go there, that word is not gift. It is manifestation. It's not didomy. It's not, all, uh, you know, uh, doses and all the other words, metals. It's nine different ones. But that word there is anorosis, and it is not gift. It's manifestation. It's the showing forth. Of a, of, of a transparent, of what was transparent in material form. So the nine gifts of the Spirit, you know, you got all those boxes, you know, y'all got tapes and, and audio, they're wrong. Doesn't it, doesn't it bother you to know that that simple term is wrong? And we built a billion-dollar empire on that error. Why? Because Scripture's offering mantles are very different than people who teach the Bible. So you had the you know you had the, the mantle of the teacher acting as if it's the apostle and the prophet. That gift is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit is and it and, and it qualifies itself because it says to you the Holy Spirit manifests himself as he wills, irrespective of your needs. Because God is taking care of God first. And God is always going to take care of his responsibilities. Now, some of you all are listening to me right now, and you're like, what? And you're still walking around talking about the nine gifts of the Spirit. I never once, and when God showed me that, I must have been in him three, four years. He said, now, where do you find this? So I didn't believe him, you know, and I like this Bible. We don't have, you don't see it a lot, but I, my, I had the, um, the Spirit of Zodiac's Bible where he had the comments. Oh, I love that Bible. I forget the name of it, but I use that. And I went there, and I looked, and I promise you I looked. And then we got PC Study Bible, which was like the first version that I knew of us having a Bible. Today I use eSource. I think it's easier. But I had the PC Study Bible. And, um, and it's 
free. And I can always afford free. <laughs> and so, uh, but anyway, so I started and went through, and I went, through, I promise you, I clicked on the word, the Greek word, and I looked and I looked, and not one time did it say gift. And I realized that I had to do a study on every time the Bible used the word gift because there are different terms. But see, an apostle and prophet will do that because we are the offering mantles and we need to get it right. Someone else is like, I don't care. If my pastor says, if, if, if this publisher says it's gift and it's gift, are you kidding? Publishers are people, and people can be seduced. And so I, once I, I started studying, and I spent hours, of course, I've told you, but just that simple error. And I can point out dozens and dozens more errors that we have spent, built multi-million-dollar ministries on. And then you say, well, how is it that we got there? How about you start it wrong? If you planted a, a, a pear seed in a great field, guess what? You're not going to get a decent pear. Or, and it's going to mess up your grain. So we started wrong. And, and we started with somebody sitting down at the table said, well, in the end, it's, you know, it all means gift. Well, that's like everybody saying that because, because God is the generic word, Allah and Jesus are the same. That can't happen. It's not. They are two different beings, two different creatures. One's a creature, the other's creator. Allah is not the creature, creator. So you, and you have people running around here saying, well, it's all the same. No, that's lazy theology. Because you should look it up yourself. It's your soul that's dodging the flames. So we say that. We'll say all of those kinds of things because we're always looking for things to be the same. I have a very unique message, very different message. And people, I will sit down at the table and we're discussing it, and they'll say, that's like so-and-so. Because, no, that's what you hear because you're looking to not have to go through the trouble of vetting what you believe and vetting what you've accepted as truth and realizing that it's different. You don't want to know the errors. Who wants to know they follow the error? You think about all of these pastors who preach the nine gifts of the Spirit wrongly for how many decades? Wrongly, am I right or what? Is it right? It says, I'm telling you, Phaborosis. Look it up. When we talk about anointing, same thing, just to show you how much you don't recognize your soul is saturated with what somebody else's beliefs, values, or their own habitual heresy. Because, see, heresy, like every seed, will bring forth at its own time. So it floats around, and everybody, somebody sat down, wrote a book. You didn't research that book to see if they did it right. You didn't. You didn't research it to see it. When we talk about the anointing, we act like there's only one kind of anointing. There isn't. We use one phrase to catch all phrase, anointing. And so God had me do a study on that, and particularly in the New Testament separating three from Creole. One is your anointing to be who he is as kids. The other one is the anointing that equates to the endowment of power from on high for a particular function of service in God. You should know what you're talking about. Half of you all on Facebook, y'all like to get on there and sound off. I look at some of that stuff and I thought, God, I'm glad you're merciful because they should be mute. <laughs> You want to put mute on that mute. Because you are arguing what you see and not what should be. You're arguing what you heard and not what you read, not what you studied. And so when we think about prophets and apostles being educated 
I mean, you look at the mess on TV now. They're all parroting the same era. And you all chase y'all, write your little checks out, give them your little rent money, give them your little everything, and you buy error, and you wonder why it's powerful, because you've enriched it. You enrich error. You get there, and, and just because they're your favorite celebrity, you're not buying a, a, a show. You're not buying talent. You're supposed to be supporting the advantage of the Almighty which you'll only get through his son, Jesus Christ, who is the living word. Jesus is the author of the word that they are pirating and perverting. And the Holy Spirit is the proof and evidence of that. So when you think about it, you got to get heart clean. God had to clean my heart out from all of my aspirations, my selfish ambitions, my desires, my childhood vision, my childhood dreams, my wants. He had to clean it out so that I'd want his. Because mine were unrighteous, anything in the flesh. Because in the flesh, says Scripture, dwells no good thing. That's the author of Scripture. So you all have never thought that Jesus Christ is the author of the Scriptures, even if a publisher is author of a translation. And they don't have to be the same. They don't have to be the same. I ask God all the time, God, I just need you to help me come up with these um, these um, annotations. I want to annotate this stuff based on the author and not just the scripture because you, even when you look at a commentary, you have to separate that commentary perspective of an era, an environment, from what the kindest words of God said. Because, see, God chose words that were timeless because of three things. He knew he could, he, he said, I'm the Lord, I change not. He knew Satan couldn't change He could, because the only way Satan could change is to be forgiven and brought back into God's heaven and citizen rights. That's never going to happen. And humanity can't, can't change without the Holy Ghost. Those are the three reasons why Scripture is timeless. And you all are listening to pastors who wanted to catch a snatch of scripture on a plane. You're listening to a teacher who sat down and had dinner with somebody. And I mean, because I've been with people, oh, that's deep. And I'm sitting there saying, deep. That's not even the D on D. We can't even call that ink. And they are like fascinated. Why? Because to the person who knows nothing, anything new is deep. Because it's deeper than ignorance. <laughs> Y'all loving on me, right? Oh, yeah. Because, see, we keep acting as if what is unknown is revelatory instead of informational. You need to know the difference between something that's informational, something that's, that's educational, something that's instructive versus the revelational. And you don't know that. You don't know how revelations are classified. But the Bible says that God gave apostles the task of stewarding his eternal mysteries. So it's something when most of the apostles that I was meeting in my early, early days, you know, 20 years or so ago, were sounding like pastors. Oh, so this is just a, a label change. Gotcha. All right. You still got the same campy. We just got a new label talking about these are now superfoods. This is a super, super pea. But still a pea. And so you have to know yourself. This is something that you must do. And you need to know why you got to see. You got to see because truth wasn't important. Because you did not want, you wanted to trust 
popularity and use that popularity as a basis for truth. Because you didn't want to deal with the unpopular. I can't even tell you how many people said to me over the years, yeah, but they big. I said, well, big or not, you know, Goliath, Goliath was big, but he still fell down and died. And you know what? He just made a bigger thud. Tore up monk ground, tore up some trees going down, crushed a few bushes. So you need to understand, just because somebody's a Goliath, just because they're mama, mammoth, doesn't mean that they're correct. Goliath ruled the land until a little thing called David came with five little stones. And then he didn't need to use them all. He said, he, he said hey, 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 kept four stones, one more Goliath. But you, didn't, you were trained to think big was right and big was best. That is why you're, a, you're disappointed with the Christian television because they were big. But they let you down. And they let you down because your life, what they preached, did not improve your life, but in fact, endangered it, jeopardized your life and your well-being. Your kids still, whatever, and then you go to God to pray, he's not talking. And you're mad. Well, why isn't he talking? Well, he wasn't talking then. Just because somebody says it's God doesn't mean that it is God. It's your job to seek the Holy Spirit to make sure that what you heard is true. God's going to tell you that it's true ministry. Trust me, he will tell you with the liars, but you know what? And he told you. You know what you said? That's a devil because that man of God loved the Lord. That's a devil because that woman of God told him. So God's like, why am I going to tell you the truth when lies are appealing to you? Deceit is attractive to you. So that's why he doesn't speak. Because then 10 years after the fact, they have fell in sin, fornicated, drugs, homosexuality. They've done all of the things that you know are wrong, and now you want to justify their wrong so that you don't have to confess your own mistake, your own delusion. Because he says when you don't receive the love of his truth, he will send you strong delusion. You want to ask how these preachers can do that? They, they literally were bribed by Satan out of the truth. Well, you know, if you do that, you're going to lose your numbers. Well, you know, if you do that, you're not going to stay on television. You know, if you do that, if you do that. And so he kept threatening them with failure, poverty, and defeat. And they chose the blessings of this world. Unlike Moses, who, who, who considered the blessings of this world nowhere near worth what he could have in Jesus Christ. And where do we see Moses? A-I-D-I down the line, Moses is on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus. The same God he laid down his life for. You think you know how people got big? You don't know if they buy, whether or not they're buying churches and buying pastors out, and you think people are joining up and they're being, they're being fought in. They're being paid to shut their churches down and become part of some, quote, unquote, apparent move so that, the, so that Satan can make you think that an errant preacher's word is God. Because your measurements, you have to trust, you have to ask God what his metrics are, because you're not interested in his criteria or his metrics. You don't want to know what God calls truth. You don't want to know that because, ha, I want to be aligned with huge. You know, God has taken down huge nonstop nations. There are a lot of nations not on the planet today. Ask the archaeologists and the geologists. They'll tell you. So big should not be your measure. And that's what God said, truth is. Jesus said, he said, you know, people don't bless you when you do good for yourself. 
But you need to seek the favor of God, the approval of God. Because people are blinded. We are blinded, mentally blinded to what is right and wrong, which is why the enemy can, can seduce us and also uh, condition us with his unbelief, saturate us with his unbelief. Half of you all, you look at, y'all, you look at the cartoons, you don't see the fact that those cartoons are priming a generation that will hate Jesus Christ and curse the church in the future. You don't see that. What you see is big and money and they're global and they're this and that. You don't see that Google can't stand Christianity. You don't see that. They had to be forced to even include Jesus Christ, but they're big, they're huge. Hate Christianity. Facebook can't do Jesus. Can't do and you know why they can't? Because they were raised up to be the antithesis of the world that Satan left and the world that is to come. You don't know that. You don't know. Now, I like Brother Google, because I'm going to tell you right now, I like this. They come up with a lot of stuff, but I know they don't come up with a whole lot of Jesus. And if they do, it's lit up. After more and more time, you don't even see it. You mean people have to write them? Now, you can do Buddha all day long. You can do Allah all day long, Brahma, Taoist, and Confucius, and you can't do Jesus? You already told us we number one. We top dog because you're running from us. We're top dog because you're trying to eliminate us. That tells me we are the top. We are the Lion of Judah. And you know what? I like that. So you all look at that and say, well, that means that something must be wrong with us. Did it ever occur to you that the champion is always abused by the losers? The champion is always the one discredited, always the one that's lied on. Always. Look at that's a human practice. And you want to use that practice as a statement on the authenticity of Jesus Christ. So I like doing this. I do. I told Jesus I'm, I love doing this for him. He's my honey man. The man is awesome. See, Jesus is not concerned about his throne. He is not concerned about his world. First of all, we can't even find him. The man got so many veils and coats and cloaking this and cloak that, we can't find him. And the major cloak he has, which is so brilliant, is our, the human mind. He just shuts it down. We can sit there and talk about, yeah, but we found out what his neurotransmitter is. Yeah, Jesus said, well, you run on that. <laughs> and so for 10 years, we're neurotransmitter, neural this and neural that. And God's like, run with that. And we don't know anymore than we ever knew. We, we, we always, because you realize how many millions of people had to come up with a neurotransmitter when Jesus just said, flip. And if you get too crazy, he just lets your mind not work any longer. We're spending a fortune on Alzheimer's and dementia and, that, and cognitive performance. Why do we have to do that? Because we weren't born with it. And it's subject to the law of sin and death and the aging process like everything else. He does not have to worry about it because we eat from the earth he cursed. So aren't we, we, I mean, at the very atom, the atomic level, subatomic level. He's God. How many of you all think about cloning? Oh, we're so excited. We're cloning something. You're cloning. You know what cloning is like? It's like taking stale bread and making bread pudding. It's still going to rot. It's not fresh bread, and it's still going to rot. 
You're never going to get that new whatever. You're just never going to get that because the seed, that's why God made, God had to be the sperm of Jesus Christ. Because otherwise he would have just cloned Adam. In his super biological way. Because that's what he was getting. He said everybody was born after the seed of Adam, and Adam all died. He wanted Jesus to get on the cross. He needed to literally inseminate Adam, uh, uh, Mary with his sperm, because it was the only sperm in that wasn't cursed. So in order for Jesus to become cursed, he had to put his superior sperm in a mortal woman or the womb of a cursed woman. Nice, young, pure. So you're talking about we're cloning, cloning things with whatever reserves are left over from the point that that thing, that that particular thing, is being recopied. We're not reproducing; they're copying. And we all know what a copy of 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 a copy. Of a copy. None of us like that. So you all excited? Yeah, but they're cloning now. They're gonna live half as long, a third as long. Because the earth is still cursed, the dirt is still cursed, the vitamins are cursed, all of the things because God got us. And that's what Satan hates. He's convincing these scientists, etc. They'd rather be atheists and die looking ignorant to God as long as they can look brilliant to their peers and colleagues, people who know better than them. The man got us. Now, does he want us to improve? Yes, I commend some of these people. The, I mean, the improvements that they've made, lengthening life, handling disease. But I'm trying to tell you, I'm telling you, I don't care what they do to the DNA strand, it still comes from the cursed dirt. Yeah. And they can't get rid of the cursed dirt factor. So they want to go to Mars. Mars was cursed before we were. <laughs> All right? That's why Diana fell from heaven. God is a war. You understand how it's working out? Because the universe is cursed. The angel said to Job, the heavens are not pure in his sight. But see, you don't know Bible, so you don't really get it. And, and, and why am I saying this? Because this is stuff that you should have known as an apostle and prophet when you were sitting at those tables being challenged to defend the errors and heresies that have now become law and government. You should have known it. You should have known it. Because I'm telling you, God got us. He got us through the clouds. He got us through the sky. He got us through the universe, the space, cosmos, if you will. And then he got us through the dirt. He's got this. We, and we, I mean, you're talking about we could be taken out by a, a, an invisible bug in the eye. He didn't even have the word. Bug, hit eye. Ooh, boom. Mysterious illness right through your bloodstream. He's got us, which is why you want to be born again, which is why you want to be born from above to a new God. Because the God you were born to naturally is doomed, mortal, can't help you. Why? I mean, you think about it. Bill, can I say this? I'm almost done. But can I say the billions and billions of dollars are spent on trying to one by one by one by one alter illnesses. Well, if we can find the gene that causes, because you think it's just a gene problem. 
No, it's a, no, the gene is a tool. And gene means what? It means seed. It means us. It means the, 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 the peace of life. So you think if we could just fix this one little gene and you got billions of people being born, come on, guys, is that a delusion or what? Now, should they try to medicate it? Fine. I, I watched the CRISPRs thing on Netflix. I said that before. I like the CRISPRs. All of y'all go on Netflix and watch the CRISPRs documentary. So watch the CRISPRs thing. And they talk about how, you know, the CRISPRs is where they're taking uh, genetic something and they're a code and they're, and they're altering it and putting it through a computer so the computer can tell them how to fix what's the flaws that's in it. So they go and they fix it. And um, this is, I don't, uh, I don't, don't quote me on this one, but this is the concept. So they fix diabetes until tuberculosis shows up. God got us. Go watch the CRISPRs. So you, if you're an apostle and prophet, you should be watching this stuff. You should be understanding it. We're talking about watching the black holes, you know, the weird science. I watch all of this stuff. Because I got, how can you defend yourself from a lie you don't even know is a lie? You can't, you can't defend God if you don't know. So I watched this um this this one and you know the black hole one. I always it always tickles me because you know that's the thing that's the phenomena. And these scientists talk as wild as crazy preachers do. They say some of the stuff they say. What? No. They I mean, they talk as crazy and they better not ever talk to me about being enthusiastic about being dumb. No, 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 no. The worst thing y'all should have did was put yourself on film so I could see how human and mortal and flawed you are. And they, I mean, and they, I mean, they spin their theory like their reality. You, it's so much so that by the time they get to the end of the show, they don't even use words like could and we think and it matters. They get, by the time they get to the end of the show, it's a fact. Mm-hmm. I said no, but anyhow, so they like the black holes, you know. And and God taught me this. I want to say, I don't know, maybe 25, 30 years ago, my early days. I'll just say my early days. And so, you know, I was, I used, I love science shows. I'm glad they do it. I don't want them to stop. God bless y'all. Keep doing what you're doing. It's my job to find them pick out the truth, and help God's people begin to see things differently. So we're talking, and they're talking about these black holes, and God takes me to Isaiah. He said, I call all my stars by name. Not one of them is missing. Wait a minute, hold on, but they saw me. Not one. He said that before we knew how to send something into space. I don't have it. He said, I can, when you look at in Jude, when it talks about wandering stars, those are planets that are out of their orbit. As much as they try to tell us how ancient, they're still in God's ancient truths and adapting them to their modern scientific theories to say, so that they can claim they fixed it, they found it. I can't afford, if I had a dollar for how many times they all said, well, we'll find out how our own universe was born. Guys, you all have dug this thing down, drilled this thing down to the left and north and the south. Y'all haven't found out anything but how it died and how it kills. Well, you know, we may have come out of a whole new star cluster, really, because they haven't produced anything like us since. They still stars being born and die. Well, I think the stuff that you know that that, that rained down from the stars. I think that's the stuff that was on the earth that got us. Are you kidding me? And they're okay with this. Like in their world, you know, because when you when you 
under the empire of unbelief, in their world, the, the taboo is to say anything close to creation having an intelligent creator. That's a taboo. If you want to, if you want to get some grant money, you want to stay with you, but not talk that God thing because you know we don't do religion. Are you kidding? You all are bound, as bound to your error as we are bound to the truth. We all have a religion. Welcome to the world of God. Prophet. Now, I'm being, I, well, I love this. I'm telling you, I love this stuff. I do. Look at you. Come on in. Yeah. She comes in chuckling. Yeah. See, because you, you, you can't sit down. And, I'm, I'm looking at, I, when I say, and they have the same fine, you know, and they come up, I mean, they can spin a yarn talking about the Bible. I was like, but you want to spin yarn, man, like it's going to make a winter cloak. <laughs> and people following that, you, your young kids might of being taught that in university, these are university professors yep. or scientists. And y'all watch them all. I watch the weird weather. You have to hear the stuff that they come up with. I'm really like, um, yeah. But you know, their thing is because they don't like us because we're determinants, we you know, and we kind of feel like, or you know, that hey, it all has a human. They don't want things to have a human beginning. And if they do, they want it to be their concept of an alien. Because, honey, you can't be more alien than the Almighty. I told you, I said to God, I said, God, because, you know, pastors were running around for a season talking about, you know, we're, you know, we're aliens. Um, what did he say? No, that God's the alien. He said, no, I'm not, I'm not the alien because we were there first. That was my earth before it became yours. <laughs> so you all are the foreigners on my land. <laughs> Y'all not foreigners because mm. we're not the alien. And so, uh, but I wasn't, uh, you know, I, I say these things to stimulate talk and dialogue. Let's start, because the reason you all don't get into these discussions is because you literally have been told the Bible doesn't have the answers, and yet they're getting their, they're getting their theories from the Bible that you say doesn't have the answers. What? But if you don't know the Bible, you can't hear their plagiarism. That's true. That's true. See, science plagiarizes God. Because and, 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 and like I think was, I got a quote from Albert Einstein that said, all, all science begins with faith. Oh, really? Because that's what we think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because without faith, and by faith, we learn all science. I believe that's him. I'll find that quote. But I go to this little site, the quotable site, the town. I like that. Because some of those people knew this term was coming. Yeah. How are you all doing? How are they doing with this? A lot of people say they like science, too, and they just ignore the phrase. That's the sneakiest thing that should be just ignore the phrase. Mm-hmm. And then. Prophet said he got this and he got us. Three, four, and ten. Mm-hmm. And by reason of strength, 80. And that was under the pre Christ dispensation. Under the Christ dispensation, we're bumped up 30, 20 to 30 years. Because under the Christ dispensation, Hosea says a baby will be 100 years old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you got to know the man. So he's got to be free to set, to tell his side of the story and to know that there are people who will allow him to assimilate his disclosures 
throughout their being. I told you, I went from the presence of God to the substance of God. I am the substance of God. I'm filled with all the fullness of the Godhead bodily because that is our destiny. Mm-hmm. And when, some, when you are the substance of something, it's not work to speak it, teach it, share it, reach it, whatever. So it's not work. That's why you see me doing this. I'm sitting here talking about them like, well, you kidding me? I'm the same. Remember, the man talks to me around the clock. And then some days he'll say, okay, so I'm going to teach you some new things. I said, really? And so I get a little bit nervous. <laughs> Been with men a long time. Because, you know, you talk, you know, it's like, know who's talking to you? Kind of like when Dr. Price said, Apostle! Yes. Because she knows. I know the tone. <laughs> I'm working on something new. Okay. okay. <laughs> and she said it's slower, though. Okay. okay. <laughs> and? Because <laughs> she knows I'm going to drown her. And so I have a couple of people that I share things with like that, and I drown them, and they don't, you know, they just kind of say, all right, amen. Because they don't know what else to say. What else are they going to say? Depends on what you're saying. You know? But I tell you what, that mantle on her is really flourishing. I mean, if there is a difference. We'll talk about that in the roundtable. So he said to me, I want to teach you a few things. Okay. And I, he spent a, a, a particular amount of time changing my brain and literally recasting re, uh, my mind and my thoughts so that when I hear what he says, my mind grabs it, and then it decodes it and dumps it into my organic brain. And so, and I've watched him do it, you know, because sometimes he does it too. I know, I, I, this sounds weird, but today is the day for you all to understand the side, the, you know, the, 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 I want to talk about the cyber Christ. Ooh. Because he has his own cyber. And so, he'll do that. So now, I may not know it. I may see it in however way it happens. I mean, I may not know it for weeks. All of a sudden, I have a day like this. I just sit there and go, because it doesn't happen by the way. You know, you've been taught, well, the Father, I mean, don't worry about what you're going to say, because in the minute that you're standing there, the Father will put it in your mouth. That's for a single utterance. But now, if you're talking. That's your prayer, Pastor? Oh, yes. Uh, all you're going to do is wait for when you're standing in front, to front of someone to give them a message, that's showtime. Right. So God, when you are moving in as his apostle and prophet, and even that, that as a, um, institutional, excuse me, that constitutional teacher versus the institutional teacher. So if you're moving into that capacity, then you've got to be ready to take the whole thing. There are times that God will put the whole thing in me. My God, it burns. The fire is like nothing. I'm like, oh, dang. You'll be fine. Okay. You know, I have to keep remembering I'm talking to the resurrection in life, so I'm not going to die. Because <laughs> if I did, he was like, what? Stop. That's who called you. And so, um, so he will load me down. So I walk around. But the minute I understood he gave me this class on essence, presence, and substance. I've been talking about it for several weeks. And a lot of people will say they have the essence. Don't worry about it. Drill them. See what they can answer. See what they can explain. See what they can advise and articulate. Because, see, the church is good for snatching words, snatching lingo, 
and snatching, you know, ideas and concepts, just uh, uh, truly just parroting them. But see, God, if God gave it to you, you don't just know it. You can reproduce it. You can remember last week we talked about bear, B-A-R-E, and B-E-A-R. See, you can bear it and bear it. Don't you just like that? I'm having fun. You guys having fun? Oh, yeah. And so I love doing this. And the reason is I said to him, Jesus, I love doing this for you. I don't care what the cost is. He said, don't worry about the cost. I'll command it to heaven and the earth concerning you. I was like, okay. All right. Ooh, wow. And he started telling me that. See, because when you are, Paul said, if I preach this thing willingly, I have a reward. But we, we stay on that or we stay on the other part. But if I do it grudgingly, a dispensation has been committed to my trust. We don't pay attention to what that means. He wasn't walking around with just the scrolls. He was the embodiment of the dispensation. God had to keep Paul alive till he preached the last piece of that dispensation. Because he wasn't sending it to the grave. So when you have a dispensation, it is not the same as having an assignment. It is not the same as having a task, being tasked with something. All of those come out of the dispensation. When you have a dispensation, you are a founder, you are a progenitor, you are a producer, reproducer, you are a, literally, you are a co Creator, you're an inseminator because you have not just it. that's why it's so important for apostles to be trained because you don't have your dispensation, it's not working, which is why you keep feeling hitting yourself head against the wall, head against the wall. You can't go head to head with anybody but Jesus Christ except those who believe you and agree with you. Wow. But that dispensation has got to coagulate with experience, education. Trial, tribulation, all of that, that coagulation becomes the apothecary. Do you know the apothecary of your dispensation? Because that is what pushes back the darkness. That is what Jesus spent three and a half years doing. He didn't just give them information, head knowledge. He gave them knowledge that was fertile. It was fecund. It was so fertile that and it was so obsequious that it they couldn't stay in the brain. So he did it and he gave it to them in their spirits. And then he let that spirit saturate the soul. Or I should say permeate the soul so that it saturated the mind. So that what the organic brain got was 100% materialized or materialization of what that dispensation is. Your dispensation is in your spirit. And if your spirit is not filled with the fullness of God, the germination is in your soul. Your soul germinates with your spirit filled. But it's in your spirit. And a lot of apostles, you hit a wall. A lot Because we've had, I've had people, and you know, trying to explain this to people is kind of weird. Because I've had people say, well, I don't need that. I talked to some friends of mine, and they said, I don't need that. I already speak, I already preach. What are, what's your fruit? 
Do people still hoard? Are they still padding? Are they still committing adultery? Are they still on drugs? Because see, if the, the words that I speak to you says Jesus, the spirit and life. So uh, is it bringing the life of Christ or is it consoling them in the life of sin? Wow. For you shall know them by their fruit. And yep. Bible said change lives. If you can't change how people live their lives, then you do not have a dispensation. Oh, what you have is information. You don't have revelation. You have imagination. If I were God, well, God said to me, are you kidding? I, I'm telling you, see, because somebody needs to let you know what happened. So you can sit down at the table and you can talk all of that other stuff that you want to talk, but God did not trust anybody to train those apostles but his son. Because they were representing the eternal throne of life and light, immortality in heaven. And that's where we get stuck. So you walk around, I don't need this, and I don't need to do that, and we don't need to, I don't need, I mean, all, I could, all you got to do is just read your Bible and run. Yeah, but you can read your Bible all day long, but uh, is the Holy Ghost scripting your soul? Because whatever's in your soul is what takes control over your mind, your thoughts, and your body. And there is a difference between the soul and the spirit that's equivalent to the difference between the joint and the mouth. So you all go through this. I'm going to shut up in a minute, but you all can talk about we don't need this. I don't know. Yeah, you do. And you know it. Now, 20 years ago, you couldn't know it. 10 years ago, you couldn't know it. 15 years ago, you could, you, but you know it today because you know your words sound like literally sound like hi-fi in the Dolby sound world. It's tinny. sounds like a transistor radio. Tinny. Mm-hmm. Because all of the powers that used to be back in that era are being obliterated by the Holy Ghost so those angels can't give weight to your voice because they don't exist any longer. We do a class here. I have a course here at Price University. Every minister needs, but especially the threefold in First uh, Corinthians 12, and it's called spiritual protocratics. That lets you know what your dispensation is. That's part of the Apostles in Training program we have, which is open to everybody. So you need to call Apostle Ashley and say, I want to be a part of that AIT. I want to sound like Dr. Price. I want to sound like you all. I want to teach like that. I want, yeah, well, you can't do it without learning. And guess what? Everything costs. It doesn't just cost your time. It costs your time. It costs your money. It costs your background, your history, your reputation, and it costs your soul. You want to say something? Go ahead, Jane. Amen. <laughs> we get the IT and you fall out. Amen. You know, I mean, because I, I, you know, I enroll with a lot of people, but we, we don't write like every other program. You graduate those who finish. That's right. You know, God is not excited because you start. He's thrilled because you finish. He's thrilled when you finish because you give him something to work with. So we have the Apostles in Training track in Price University. You interested in it? Go online, send us an email. Say, I want to know more about that track where you can be credentialed as, a, a, as an apostle. But before we think about even credentialing, how about being educated? Right. How about being inseminated? 
Because I'm going to tell you, when you're done, when you move into this, you will have that whole thing. Come on, is God good or what? You will know your dispensation. Half of you don't know, you don't know your dispensation, which means you don't know how you affect people other than they like you. Well, they give me money, they must like me. They give you money because they don't know why they should like you. They just don't want to be orphaned without you. They don't know there's an alternative. Yeah, true. Sure. They're paying for your adoption of this. That's why you went through this phone thing. They bought adoption. But trust me, when they get the truth, they will free themselves from you. Wow. Because we think, well, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. We'll set you free. And we like, you think that's devils? No, that's people. Because devils ride in people. We are their transporters, carriers, residences. Devils ride in people. Because let me tell you something, they may run around in the air, and they, will, they can influence you like that. Nobody's saying that, but I'm talking about to get you to allow them to participate in society and community. They ride in people. That's why they want their people in office. Right. So you can, you, if you decide, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass, especially my millennials, you know, I love you guys. You know I'm going to love y'all, but come on. I'm trying to get most people to convert y'all and to develop y'all so that you all can be the answer to the future and not the antagonist. So if you all, my, my young apostles and prophets had called us, say, Dr. Price, I just want to know, can I just do it for my ministry? Say, yes, you can. Can I do it and stay with my cover? And please do that. Now, because we have two tracks. We have that, 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 that Christ University track, and then we have that near commission track. You just need to be credentialed, but you need to know how to have power with God, how to wield your sword. You need to know how to get a stronger angelic guard. You need to know how to get those protocrats to work with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a good, because we have been teaching you to be evangelical pastors under the name or label of an apostle. We are not seeing the shift in power that God wants to make because God doesn't waste his power. He's not going to give a baby a bomb unless he wants to kill the baby. Got you. Well, I'll just say that if that's you and you're listening and you want to be part of that, uh, we want you to go to ChristUniversity.org. We give them the application. You can select the AIT program in your application. That's going to help us to know where to direct you, uh, how to help you. And once you kickstart that application process, we'll walk you through any kind of uh, prereqs that you would need, getting your assessment done and kind of testing, um, anything that you would need to be eligible to actually enter into the AIT program. So I want to encourage you guys to do that. ChristUniversity.org. Fill out that application. Fall semester starts the third week in August. We want to see you on those rosters. So this is the moment. This yeah. is the time to take advantage of this. You've been hearing this. And if you are a prophet listening and you want to know your, uh, your stake in this, we have the profits program with the MCT side. So you can also select that on your application. If you're a profit listening, you would select the MCP. We're going to get you where you want to go. But we can get you connected to these programs so you can start to get this training. So I want to let them know how they can do that. And for the profit. We have, you all remember Prophetic Ed, well, it's grown up. Prophetic Ed has grown up, and if you decide you want to be a, a, a prophet in your region, high power, this is for high power prophetic. This is not, I just want to run around and prophesy and tell you you're going to get a call, all right? See, that's not, that's not, 
This is not about the prophesying. This is about the authority to discharge the office in various places throughout the world, and that's huge. So we have now prophetic ed. And like AIT, if you say, I am tired of just being a roaming prophet, a wandering prophet, I want to find out who I am, and I want to be prepared to do it. Dr. Price has what we call prophetic ed. Now, Prophetic ed is not just about you being recognized as a prophet. It's about you being stationed as one. The Bible said that, that Samuel was stationed uh, in his place. Stationed. Some of you all have no authority. You have nothing but zeal, enthusiastic, and a whole lot of hurt feelings. Now, if you want to be the top of the top and the best of the best, then you need to do it. This is specialist prophet training for a stationed agency. whole lot to it. Now, I know a lot of people are going to say, well, I can do that now, are you? Because I'm, you know, I'm going to keep telling you, they can talk to Paul Price all day long. I hope they love me. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you something. You should know them by their fruits. Right. This man has devils in his high places. And whose fault is that? Who should take responsibility for that? Because we wanted to make everything about church and everything about pastoring and everything about soul winning. And because we did that, they came and got the souls we won, and they converted them to their darkness. But every time God goes to war, I'll probably say this almost every show, but every time God goes to war, he goes with his muscle. His first muscle, prophets. From Abel, to the last of prophets in Revelation 11, God kickstarts his warfare with prophets. But we can't do that because we went out there and we weren't going to be, we, I mean, because we went there. Well, then I, you know, I went out there and I spoke to work. I didn't say that. Because the first prophets were not just about prophesying. We don't find Moses prophesying until he brings God's kingdom out of Egypt. But that's a clan. That's a clan. You don't know the protocrats who are assigned to you, and you don't know how they work. You don't know any of that. So, no, you are not ready to take back God's kingdom. You know, we had all of these churches. We're going to take back the kingdom. But if we had a dollar for every take back declaration, baby, there wouldn't be a poor person in the kingdom. We'd be living like David Solomon. Yes, girl. Everybody listen now. For all of the take back, where is it? Ooh. So did we take it back or did Satan take it back? Ah. Take back after. We just need to find out who did it. Yeah. Mm. So if you want to be a part of God's future and get geared up, don't forget the first thing you want to do is be here in June. We will talk to you about prophetic ed, give you an opportunity to sign up. Some of us, some of you all, you, a whole church can be a part of this. It's not just a person. We have a, it's, it's an, an ingenious strategy. But understand, the prophet is God's first flex, and the apostle is his death blood. But you can't do that with your imagination, because your imagination could be infiltrated by other things. The prophet is God's first punch. Boom. That's why when we speak with two prophets, you be like, I ain't going there any longer because that offended me. If you were offended, you should have stayed there until the surgery was done. 
Because offense, the, that's what we're supposed to have the first blow. It's supposed to be offensive. We act like it's not. So you hit me. Well, I'm in a race. I mean, what's that? Is this a fight? Okay. But the apostle can bring that death blow. That's why he said, go disciple nations. But you know what? They did not go as apostles. They went as evangelists. And that was our problem. They went as teachers. And they took education. Uh, hallelujah. And that's what the problem is. So, hey, but you know, we all were part of it. I believe that I got tons of books on the stuff. I look at them now and I said, you know, when God started telling me I need to stop reading those books, I was like, why? Jesus, they're interesting. At least entertaining. Yeah. People's testimony. Isn't it entertaining? Look what so and so did. Look. God said, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violence. Take it by force. He did not. I know. I, I've listened to teachers. That's why I know that they weren't apostle and prophet. Because an apostle and prophet know that the minute he tells us we're going to be one, we're like, oh, Lord. We look around, and everybody's like, it's on. But that person, that, I mean, because God finished it, and it was over. Sword down. Are you kidding? Who does sword down in the ceasefire? This thing never stops. When we got, I mean, we got Sister Madeline O'Hare, sort of church, prayer out of school. We this sort, this sort has never been down. We just got tired of counting it and will be. Never down. Anybody loving on me there? Smooches. Hold on. Coffee. Sip. No, no. Let me jolt you with some caffeine. <laughs> we told people they can turn into their families, they can turn into uh-huh. whatever, and we took Nehemiah's adventure right. and enterprise and reversed it. Priests went back to work. Folks started marrying pagan women again. Wow. Holly, I'm telling you, and demons started running the temple. Y'all talk, we don't hear, we all talk about Nehemiah. You don't talk about the end of Nehemiah. Nehemiah did his job, set it up, and there was no keeper to keep it going. Wow. And they fell back to judging. So if you want to talk about Nehemiah as, an, as a prophet, as an apostle, you need to talk about what happened. And Nehemiah came there and beat up everybody. That boy had to be strong. He did it to Jesus. Wow. Beat up everybody. That's why you have to make sure that the keepers are more powerful than the reapers. Wow. Okay, you got any blue? Ooh. I I like how you talked about today um, the the failing preachers. Mm-hmm. We talked about earlier how you know they love that you talk at this rate, they love the blessings of this life more than the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sold themselves to essentially sell God out for the reward that they would inherit here. And I think that that's interesting because we, you, you tie that together. Why does it seem like people are growing? And you mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, people fell out to grow. There's a lot of reasons why people yeah. have a lot of people. Um, but I just thought that that brought a lot of clarity to that and how naive we can sometimes be. 
as the people of God, you know, we're what we observe, we just take everything at face value, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that goes back to what you talked about, us not knowing our God enough, um, which I think it just even started this discussion that how much we really don't know him um, when you started out just talking about how much he meant to you and um, uh, what you would and wouldn't accept in that relationship. I realized in just listening to that mm-hmm. in, in my own coming up and just under the preachers I was under, how much no one really speaks of God in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he we say that we love him, yes, but when we're coming up, most of the time he's a figure. He's a a concept, right, but not a not real, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I just thought it was so interesting what you talked about earlier and how you brought that, that he was real to you, real enough that you would not tolerate the silence and you would not tolerate the distance mm-hmm. and all these sort of things. Mm-hmm. I think that we come up and th- that, that that silence becomes normal because God's not talking to anyone really, so we <laughs> become a part of the right. whole right. Time, you know what I mean? So, because it wasn't really until I met you that I was thinking, oh, he speaks in a different way to somebody because we were all a part of the crowd, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that that is part of the difference with, with your teaching, you know, there's a crowd, you know, and then there's kind of this distinct voice that comes out and says, no, he speaks to me, he moves with me like this, you know, but when you're in that mo- in that mode with the rest of the people, you don't know that there's something more, you know, which is the power, I think, of a show like this. That is excellent. And, it's, and you know, for those of you who want to say, where's that by Moses, pitched his tent outside away from the crowd. Because he and God were having different conversations than the crowd. The crowd were trying to figure out how that they could manage Moses and bind God. Moses, on the other hand, is like, I got to listen because I got to help these people stay alive. And then he had (laughs) Joshua. You know, he had a Joshua. He had Caleb. He had her. He had a few young folk who were with him. Joshua was so um, converted to Moses' life that he lived with Moses in Moses' house, hallelujah, and was able to keep the kingdom because he never left Moses aside. Some of you all, you want to come and rub us like Lucky Charms, Look, Duck, Brooks, Jeannie, baby, I'm not a lamb. Got a wish. No. No. I want you to understand. I'm not a lamb. I'm not a lamb, baby. <laughs> the most you're going to get from rubbing this is some, is some, some sweat. First of all, don't. Don't. Don't, don't, do don't do that. Look, we don't, I hate don't, it. Don't, don't do that to me. So, I mean, but you realize that, you know? But those these young women came and stayed. I have, and I can tell you, I've got dozens and dozens of people, male, female, old, young, black, white, yellow, green, orange, pick some. And you know what? Not everybody wants to leave the camp. Come on. A lot of people need the camp for validation, for the, 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 the uh, familiarity, and on and on. But Moses, and Moses had Joshua, and I'm telling you, when Moses died, Joshua was right there. Yeah. And God told him, anoint Joshua because you can really leave. But Moses and God had conversations that you wouldn't look and, and listen, they had falling out. Because Moses and God, because, you know, God knows that he's dealing with strong-willed flesh, and he's not trying. As a matter of fact, he will poke your flesh so he can fix your flesh. <laughs> he poked the bear. Yank on the dog tail. Oh! <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. 
you said that angels give weight to your voice when you were talking about in recent conversation. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? How does that work? Well, you know, many people um, don't always emphasize the fact that the angels back the apostles. The Bible says that the apostle, the, uh, the church was, is, is, was and still is, was given seven angels. They were first working under John. You know, they were revealed by John. I think they were under all of the apostles. Because when Peter was in jail, the angels came about. The angel gave a breakout. Can you imagine angel broke out too? Yes. Something. But but that but it was illegal. But when I as you grow in God and you begin to get, um, God doesn't leave you with the same angels that you enter His service with, mm-hmm. unless you don't grow, or unless you don't achieve what He wants. The more you take on God's big, the more he gives you more potent and powerful angels. And those angels are part of your sphere. So as your sphere strengthens, as your sphere of of domain intensifies, as your mantle um, fortifies, et cetera, your physiological self expresses that. Think about this. I listen to you. You, you right now. I listen to some of my early tapes. Yeah, I sound like like Minnie Mouse. But as I go on, and the more powerful you become in God, it shows in your voice because your spirit, the Holy Spirit, is coagulating, or for sure, it is fusing with the angelic host that He has already moving around you. We just for case, you know, I'm, I'm very. I, mean, I don't talk about angels the way other folks do. Um, because I don't know them like that. <laughs> no, that's all. I don't say that. I don't know what angels you met. But my angel um, started when, in 1983 is when the angels came. And I had one, and then, you know, one that was like, I don't know, maybe 411, and, but pure energy. And so they would, you know, they would talk to me, not conversationally, but just instructionally. So then I start moving up and, and, and doing what God gave me to do. And so the next thing we have is she and I are in the storm in Florida, and one of my angels come in, and he's about, I don't know, five two, and he's sitting there on the edge of the bed. And he's there to make sure nothing happens to us through the storm. We ended up sleeping. Things tearing up. We were so stunned when we, we woke up the next morning, came out, and so cause the doors wouldn't lock. You know, so we were very vulnerable. Everybody was. So then, but when I, in 1986 is when I started knowing that angels change. Now, I always know that when I'm getting ready to go into something else, they do change. I keep getting higher and higher angels. And so 1986, I was in the, I mean, I'm talking about the battle of my life, trying to survive. I had a lot of those, but this one was different. And so I'm praying, and God showed me, I look in the heavens, and I see all of these angels, and they're gladiators. They're all bronze. They're all gladiators. And they're looking down. I'm looking at them, and they're letting me know we got this battle. So these are different angels. I began to be different. And the more of God's word I took in, the more of his authority I have, because his authority is in his word. And so the authority will attract those powers. That's, that's the spiritual aquatic class. You are getting in in a nutshell. And so, but then when I moved into uh, becoming a prophet, I got different angels. 
and I got the spirit of the former prophets. I was like, oh, y'all still in the, that's how I could write, y'all still in the planet. And so, but it, it's all tied to your words because the angels are not going to disobey God and they're not going to disappoint him. So as long as you're working with them on that, that's fine. They will judge you if he releases it because they will, they, they will yell at me yeah, Jesus. Because they back <laughs> Jesus. The thing that people don't let you know is the angels back Jesus. They are not envious of humanity. They're not envious of our corruption, our, our mortality. They're not wishing that they can have a beer bar. The angels <laughs> back Jesus. <laughs> you know, they're not looking at the women down here thinking, ooh, I can have some of that. They don't know, they already know women are more. They already know what the corruption is in us. And they already know that they're too supreme and too superlative to touch us because of the killer. So you understand. So they know that. So now, as I go out, we get ready to do our broadcast. I think those of you who were there that one time that we did my show went at the, at the end of the event. And so I'm in the bathroom, and I mean, I'm looking around, and I'm telling you, because we're in a, a different place, and I'm looking around, and I see all of these things, I promise you, and whatever. And I said, now, God, he said, God, angel broke through the ceiling. One. I'm talking one. We're talking about all of these spirits, one, because, you know, people bring their spirits, too. That's why you need powerful angels. And so, one, he broke through the spirit, broke through that round, stood, just stood in the middle of the room. I said, I'm a, okay, God, I'm, I'm going to love it. I told him, I'm loving this kingdom thing. I'm loving this world. Woo! And did it not shift? I said, Ashley, my angels are coming. Because he got waste nothing. He doesn't need to send you five million angels. Satan needs to send you five million devils because not one of them can equate to one of God's sinless angels. So he needs to send a crowd. When God sends a horde, you need to understand, Jesus said, if I have to ever send a horde, y'all will be no more. <laughs> he said, because I can right now summon 12 legions of angels. So, and, for, and, for, and in God's realm, 12 is something different. We'll talk about that another time. So then we're there. So here lately, then he starts sending me his officials. See, in the beginning, you get the guardian angels, and then you kind of get the, the um, helping angels, you know, what I call the kind of paracletos angels, the ones that just walk alongside you, see to it, you know, like Job, don't, just don't tell them. <laughs> you know, they kind of guide you. You get warring angels because you do get defenders who are going to defend the work that God gave you. He was, And those angels will defend you as long as you're faithful to his, to his job. But if you start to betray him, he does what he did with Saul. He switches them out, and you get a distressing spirit. So then we're moving on. So then he does. Is this on? Because only got a few more minutes. <laughs> so, so he switches them out, and, and he does it. He said he who is often... Um, who was often corrected and hardened his heart or sentence his neck, he said evil angels will be sent to them. So God doesn't, because we can't do anything without spiritual beings. So he just switches them out. So when you look at those people that you so admire, you better ask God to open your eyes to see who is back and, and what, are, what, what spirits are really making them yeah. so appealing. Because wow. God's, God's angels are not going to allow you to treat Jesus badly. I think that before I leave this planet, somehow or another, God's going to prove that. Because, see, God, he said that about Israel. He said, you know what? Y'all made me mad. So I'm not going with you in the promised land because y'all made me mad. Yeah. Okay? But I, I made a promise. <laughs> <laughs> to give you the land. 
So I'm telling you right now, I'm leaving, but I will send my angel. Mm-hmm. And this is what he said. He said, and don't mess with him. This is the Paul of Christ version. Don't mess with him. Because, because my name is in him, and he will do to you what I would do. I just can't stand the agony of you disrespecting me and treating me so irreverently and abusively. So I'm going to back up because if not, y'all ain't going to no land. Y'all won't be around me. So I'm going to go home. He said, I'm going to my place. The critics will live large. Ah. So well, I'm telling you, so, but see, nobody, who teaches you this? Apostles and prophets are supposed to teach you this. Not talk about, well, you're a hardworking man. You don't need to hear this because it's depressing. Are you kidding me? You're already depressed. You're already depressed. That's, that's what I need to tell you why you're depressed. You're depressed because God needs to have a reason to go beyond the natural laws to give you, to supersede them with blessings. And before he blesses you, he humbles you. And we don't want to teach that. So anyway, so he, so God, you know, you get those things. Then when you start moving into office, see, that's why gift versus office is so important. Because if when you qualify for the office and you are officially brought into office, and I don't mean run around the church, somebody swinging a fake sword. I'm talking about you because, see, the more, when you get into God's realm, dignity is big. See, we do things in an undignified manner, and we keep forcing indignity upon the Holy Ghost. And so that's why he's always indignant. And so, so but when you finish, that man, he, that, that, that man switches out those angels. Why? Because those angels are guarding the office. They're already in existence. You just weren't there. Yeah, that's right. So now you come in, you get orientation, you get all of those things. If you notice when Peter, uh, uh, when they got out of jail, Peter had two choices. I'm done with this, they're trying to kill us, I'm gone. Or, Lord, let signs and wonders follow the preaching of your holy child, Jesus Christ, and, you know, in the book of Acts. So God speaks from heaven, and they get power. Because every time you win a battle for God, you get power. See, one of the, I mean, I mean, it's been hard for me to do this um, in, the, in the flesh. Hard, embarrassing, abuse, neglect, you name it, plagiarism, theft, it, uh, isolation, you name it, we've had it. You know, I just got through running through a whole uh, a group of, uh, of established ministers, and they still don't want to change, and they still don't see me as the future. I know I am because I know what I'm counting. And you can be part of that if you want to partake of what I'm counting. And so God switches it. That's why I had in 2014 that whole Melchizedek visitation. I got the official God's go-to guy for change. And so he started changing, and after that, I just started getting all of these different angels. And now I'm getting, interestingly enough, I'm getting these breakthrough angels. And they're like, come here. Come on in. You're welcome. Let's go. So I know within the next several months, this is going to be a whole different thing. But God, if you never defeat the enemy sitting in the seat that you want to occupy, you will never be promoted. You will be diverted, perverted. You will be canceled out. But you have got to want. And some, sometimes that test is an Abrahamic test. Will you give me your kids? Oh, yeah. Or will you kill your kids for me? Because if you were willing to kill kids, they'll slay my, my enemies. Ooh. That's what that was all about. So I know we're running out of time. I don't know if that helped you. But so I, you know, I, I don't do this. I, they'll tell you, I hardly, how, how often have you all heard this? 
the whole, what I, all I just said. The first. Because I don't talk about the spiritual backing. When Jesus stood there, he said, um, I know y'all think I'm alone, but the Father has not left me alone. Depending on the magnitude of the work you are to achieve for the Lord, your angels are commensurate with that. Your devils will be commensurate with your destiny, and your angels will be commensurate with your victory. And you've got to know it. Whew, you've got to know it. So, I mean, I, don't, I just share because this is what God told me to share, obviously, but I just want you to know that because people wonder, how does she make it? I've had people come here, well, I thought you would have been so-and-so and so-and-so, and I thought I thought you would have been wise enough to know that in the big is a lot of error. There's a lot of error. And so we have to understand, I had to fight every spirit at every level that I would occupy. So I didn't take the quick fish. I didn't cash out into Satan. I didn't cash out into the commandments of men. I didn't cash out into doctor. I went all the way. And I'm telling you that if you're not called to do it, it's not for you. But if you, every time you have a victory, God will give you a promotion and he'll give you a prize. And sometimes, you, like we talk about all the time, that's new. New abilities, new capacities, new wisdom. Haven't you had it? You're like, wow, when did I learn that? Oh, I didn't. <laughs> okay. I didn't okay. Okay, because that's new. When did that class? You know, and trust me, God's angels back you. They don't, because they, they have a command from God to see to it that you succeed and to make sure you finish. And they will leave you when he realizes that you are not, you do not have his best interest at heart any longer. He will reassign them. That's what, you know, levitated Barnea. He sent the angels to help and carry on, and they was like, we ain't going to fight. No, uh-uh, because they're going to kill us. And so the angels go on to the next job. They pay for God's on to the next job. Moses, and Moses knows that he's staying in the tent. They go on to war without their commander chief because the commander chief knows it's a, it's a bloodbath. He said, yeah, but I told y'all not to go. I said, my first clue would have been Moses didn't move. <laughs> Moses went. Wow. Oh, but that wasn't enough for them to go the day before. When it was, no, it wasn't. So, no, no, no. Right. So either way, yeah. they didn't follow their leader. Yeah. And a lot of folks, you, you went into spiritual warfare, your leader told you not to get into. And you got a hit. You got a disease. You got a maiming. You got a, a calamity because you went without your leader because God works with leaders. Well, it's that time. I didn't give you all much to do. Oh, all right. It's time to collect the offering, y'all. So we're going to do that. We're going to take a moment to give. Um, you know that this show was powerful. In fact, it was fire. All the fire emojis need to go up right about now. <laughs> fire. You know it was. And now it's time to sew. So we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. Rachel's going to put on the screen for you all the different ways that you can do it. You can do it through Cash App. Dr. Paula, Dr. Paula Price is the handle there. Text to give 918 6081378. 918 6081378. Text to give. Or you can give via PayPal.me slash Dr. Paula Price. So those are all the ways that you can give. They're on the screen for you guys. Let's sew into this two. I do ask you with significance because we are cutting a deal. We finally found folks to help us um, put what shoot new shows. Some of you have been sewing into it. We, I want you to know it's working. Keep praying for us. I need you to do that. But I also need you to dignify the mantle 
and the message that I give you with, with, with your best seat. Some of you all here could have, could, could have kept us from going off the air or kept us from limiting our product production schedule. Hey, why don't you revisit that? Revisit that and ask the Lord, how can I help this woman? It's one thing to say I really love this woman. It's another thing for you to take what I give and just pick it up like a buffet and use it in your ministry. But the harvest you get is seeing to it that this thing goes around the world and that it doesn't have to be taught by pilfers and pirates so that we can get the purity of the word. Now, I'm just asking you to do that. I need you to sow that. I need some of you can sow $1,000, $5,000, $10,000. Just tell me, Dr. Price, this is for the shoot. We will show you that's what we use it for. We will let you know, but we've got some favor here in the city with, to, to be able to put on some of, some of our broadcasts on another network that's more affordable, and uh, we've got favor with someone who's willing to help us shoot it in an affordable way. Because, you know, you can want to do all of these other things, but I have found out when people are for me, God makes them so, yes. number one, and he makes them serve, number two, and he makes them support. Those are the three things. And so you can say, well, as soon as you get money, I'll be there for you. I'm like, if i got the money and you don't want to be a part of me getting it, then what's the point? Love you dearly, but I have to go with what works. Nobody can help me do this but you, family. God, and and I know God is talking to you. I know he's speaking, and he's saying, I need this word out. Don't just be comfortable with saying this word needs to go out. Be the method by which it goes. Be that medium, because as long as you bind this, Satan can eliminate me from the voices that are out there. People stay in his darkness. And that light doesn't shine. Well, you know, and I know you'll say, well, you know, a lot of people don't. No, no, no. If they were, we wouldn't be here. You go back to how my words and my teaching affect you, and you'll understand what the rest of the world is being deprived of. But you can change that. You can literally alter that. You can alter it to death. You can go into your bank account. You can say, you know what, Dr. Price, I was saving this for so-and-so, but I want this word out. I know it changed me. I know what it did for me. I'm telling you, I have been out here for over 30 years. You have met those of you, you can go back 30 years. I've been faithful to Jesus Christ. I told you we had one breach, one death, because I, I care for this man and like his angels. And maybe in some cases more, I back him. I'm backing him, and you can back Jesus right now. It's not about Paula Price, the woman. If I fail him, you need to move on to the next person. I'm okay with that. But I'm telling you, I need you to back Jesus Christ. Back his retaking the reins of our country, retaking the reins of power. Back him being back in office, sitting in the high seat. Back your God. You may not know whatever, but if you check my life, I don't have a problem. You can check my life. These people will tell you. I go home alone. I don't watch bow t- television shows. They have not cost me cussing. I don't have secret this and secret that. You can ask them. I don't do it. I don't rob them. I don't steal. I don't cheat. I'm not a closet pagan priest. I'm not a closet paganist. I read my Bible, they can tell you, I study. Why am I saying this? Because these are all things that deceived you before with other people. I want you to know those are not a concern. I study this man. And if you don't listen to them, ask Jesus Christ. You know him and say, okay, Father, what are we 
talking about here. Is this woman going to disappoint me in five years, ten years? Because you have your concerns are real to me. But I've been 30 years, actually since 1982, I have been with this man and backed him. I've never hit his name. I never did shame on his name. I didn't pervert his word. I didn't do all of those things that tripped you up before, and I don't do them now. And if I haven't done them, if I didn't do them when I was 30 years old, I'm certainly not doing it at 67, 80, and beyond. The man and I are just too close. We are just too good together, and I want him at the top. But that can't happen. I get, I bring the guts. I bring the boldness. I bring the, the thunder. I bring the word. But I need you to bring the funds. If you do that for, for us, not just me, but if you do that for us, we can win this thing for Jesus Christ. And we can do it globally. And we can be bigger than anything that's been out there. Because we have to be bigger now because it's too late in the game. Anyway, time to go. Love you much. See you Sunday at the Congregation of the Mighty, where God stands. Rachel, hang up the phone, too. Thank you.